Hello and welcome to the Big Review Ski. My name is Owen and there's Rory. Hiya. Rory, I want to, oh, uh, I've, I've got something to say to you. What's wrong? Can I, can, I, can, I, can I say something to you? I, I, I mean, yes. Okay, here we go. You ready? You sitting down? I am, as it turns out. <clears throat> Happy days. <clears throat> Rory. Oh, God. You're simply the best. Oh. Da, na, na. You're better than all the rest. Da, na. You're better than so this, e- this is everyone. You say anyone have ever known. We want people to, to listen further. That's it. <laughs> if you've made it past <laughs> the horrific start to the to this episode, um, Roy, what are, what are we here to talk about today? Oof, we're here to talk about the new documentary titled Tina which is all about the legendary, iconic, just not enough superfluous words in the world to cover Tina Turner. Uh, um, but but wait, oh. but I, I was singing a Tina Turner song for you. That is you, an amazing coincidence. The odds, what are the odds? I mean, they're yeah. ever in your favor. But yeah, so I had the opportunity to chat to the movie's two directors, Daniel Lindsay and TJ Martin about the uh about the documentary which is premiering on now and on sky on sunday 28th of march uh so it, it, i i've had the opportunity to see it and it is just it's just great i absolutely loved it and i will not lie i did also cry a little bit well because normally out of the two of us i'm the crier yeah yeah that's true and the laugher. <laughs> Why would you say something like that to me? Um, so even if it, if it moved you and your heart of stone to tears, then that's a great sign. No, yeah, it's just, it's really well made. And even though, like, I think a lot of Tina Turner's life was was covered up to a point by that uh, Angela Bassett movie, um, What's Love Got to Do With It? Um, there is, it's there's still, it still kind of uncovers a bit more behind that. And you know when, you know when you watch a music documentary and you're like oh yeah i think i know all their songs and then it taps into like their discography and my jaw was on the floor i was like holy mother she had so many bangers in her career and over such a long career as well um and give some very interesting insight into just the stories of how some of those songs uh came together plus the two directors had the uh the ultimate <laughs> Uh, high bar in that they they had to interview Oprah for this documentary and as you know Oprah is like god tier when it comes to interviewing people herself so how do you interview the ultimate interviewer without completely cacking yourself the only person qualified to interview Oprah is Oprah yeah or um, is there anyone at all is there any us too? Obviously, sure. we'll get her on the big review ski someday. Definitely, we'll start spotlighting just... her like the Oprah show. <laughs> I'll just start singing songs. Sir. Plus, these two guys, Dan Lindsay and TJ Martin, the directors of the documentary, are both Oscar winners for previous documentary features. So they got pedigree. Yeah, they know what they're doing when it comes to uh, to making these docs. And uh, yeah, it just it just turns out that Tina Turner is just a, a perfect fit for for this kind of movie. Um, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. It's it's out on now. It's out on Sky, 28th of March. Uh, 28th of March? What month is it? It is it's, March. 
It's I'm a Capricorn. I'm, I don't even know what star sign I am. I'm not actually a Capricorn, but uh, I can't wait to hear this. I can't wait to see the documentary because I, I do know how much you loved it. And I presume your first question is, what's love got to do, got to do with it? Oh, my God. We want people to listen. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Listen, listen to these better people than us now. Bye bye. They're not allowed to sing any answers for one. Daniel and TJ, how are you about doing today? Doing okay. Waking up. <laughs> <laughs> where where in the world am I talking to you from? Uh, I'm in Portland, Oregon, right now. I'm in. You're where? Sorry, TJ. Uh, Los Angeles. Oh, oh, very nice. Uh, welcome. Uh, I'm calling you from Ireland. Um, I'm happy, so happy to be able wow. to. Uh, uh, Dublin, Ireland. Okay. Yeah. Have you been? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I did a whole month there with my family in 1996, I think. Oh, it's a very different place now. And yeah. you'll be you'll be happy to hear there's a, there is an Irish question on on today's agenda. So all right, you got that to look forward to. But uh, just first of all, absolutely loved this documentary. I thought it was just absolutely fantastic, and I wasn't mentally prepared to be crying by the end of it, but. That's exactly what happened. So uh, I'm not sure if I, if I want to congratulate you on making me cry, but you did it. Um, I'm just curious what, what your individual kind of thoughts and opinions were on, you know, Tina Turner before this kind of coalesced into the projects that you decided to work on. I mean, go ahead, TJ. No, I was going to say we probably had similar Thoughts. Well, I probably had a different experience with her, but different. Uh, we had similar thoughts. I, you know, I don't definitely wasn't a uh, super fan by any means. You know, I think my association with her was just, you know, growing up in the MTV generation, she was the What's Love Got to Do With It pop star that was kind of on TV all the time in the background. Um, but, uh, but, you know, also had a tremendous amount of, as I got older, I started realizing, you know, knew the broad strokes of her story and discovered a little bit more about uh, her days with Ike Turner and, and um, you know, had a tremendous amount of respect for her, um, but still was never like, didn't own any of her albums or anything like that. But I was saying that probably the only difference between Dan and I is my mom is a musician, was a musician, and she was a lead singer of a rock band. And she's, she's a black woman and people and her name is Tina also, but whenever men would hit on her on the street, they would always say Tina, Tina Turner, because she kind of wore kind of, um, kind of had a rock aesthetic. And the only other association of a black woman in rock was Tina Turner. So for the longest time as a kid, like Tina Turner was like a bad word in in her household because associated with men hitting on my mom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well uh, like it's it's interesting because she she is she, she does appear to be like a very um kind of open woman but like on her own terms because people are, are they know her maybe from the the movie the angela bassett movie she's also had the book she's somewhat autobiographical in the songs that she releases and the years and years of the interviews that she's done um I guess that was it a difficult question you had to ask yourselves where you're like, is there much left to tell mm-hmm. by going over her life again? Yeah. I mean, you know, again, as TJ was saying, like we were familiar with her, like not super familiar. If we honestly understood, I think the amount of 
like times her story had been uh, told and uh, maybe we wouldn't even signed on to do the film. I mean, we understood, you know, we knew that what's love got to do with it existed and we were aware of, of I Tina, but we hadn't read it. Um, but I think, you know, more than anything, we were very early on before we even really understood what the point of view and the direction of the film was going to be. I, I think we felt really confident that really the documentary form was perhaps maybe one of the most powerful forms to tell Tina's story and the, and the most appropriate in some ways, um, because as great as, you know, what's love got to do with it is and uh, Angela's amazing performance and Adrian Warren as Tina on stage, those are still people performing and, you know, kind of, yeah, performing as Tina Turner. And there is something that is just, um, incalculable right <laughs> about the actual tina turner and so to be able to tell her story in her voice i think that was something that we felt um was was an opportunity to do something that was both inspiring and moving and harrowing and um and so uh but yeah and then i think you know once we dove in and kind of understood more i think we were like okay well let's lean in you know let's lean into the fact that this story has been told a lot. Like that's an interesting thing. And then it was Tina herself that in kind of talking to her about that, you know, she more or less revealed to us the, the, the pain that she, even at 80 years old, uh, you know, and the, and the trauma that she is still um, processing at this point in her life. Um, and the fact that even talking about certain times of her life can bring up that trauma and nightmares that feel for her as real as the first time it happened. And that was like a, that for us was a revelation. And it was just a thing that we didn't think people had really considered. Um, and so, yeah, we started to kind of shape the film around that, that idea. Yeah. Because there is, there was one, there was one point that I felt Tina over the years has hammered home over and over again is that, I don't want to talk about Ike anymore. I, that's in the past. That's that's who I was. That's not who I am. And that's entirely understandable and entirely fair. And watching this documentary, I was like, was that particularly tricky? Kind of hammering home how much she didn't want to talk about it and then having to navigate getting her to talk about it for this documentary. Uh it, it wasn't as that part actually wasn't as tricky as I think we thought it would be because it was so the the proof was in a pudding for lack of better terms like it was so evident in the archive um once we had the POV like we understood that uh that it was that that she she kind of wrestled with the narrative that became Tina Turner and the association with Ike and then you just kind of started looking at the archive differently. And it, for us, it was just really shifting a POV for an audience. So because it was so present in the archive, um, and also because we had the, the um, access to the, 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 the Kurt tapes and uh, Carl Arrington, who wrote the 1981 uh, People Magazine article, we had access to his tapes, those interview tapes. We, we knew that the, um, we could kind of lean on those for a little bit more of the granular details to elevate and understand the pain um, so that when it came to navigating Tina in 2019, um, it was a little bit more just kind of allowing her to look at it in retrospect. And we didn't need, you know, to go into to, to details. And, 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 and the hope was we could navigate it respectfully and not um, 
to your point, not do exactly what's happening in the in those that are archive and kind of re-traumatize it. Yeah, like yeah, some of those interviews I was like doing the pull the collar away. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> can you not read the room that this is just not a topic to, to broach? Uh, but you you did mention the the archive there, and because Tina's career and ju- ju- just her impact is several decades, you know, there's just so much. Was there or is there anything in particular like uh, that as you're going through it, you're like, I would we would love to include this, but you know, we, we'd end up with a Justice League for our code of the I, film. I, I, I mean, yeah, there's a there is a ten part series to make on Tina. Each chapter of her life could be its own movie. I mean, one, one thing that we were particularly interested in early on was, you know we felt like in the public's imagination, it was like Tina left Ike and then she became the huge superstar that she was. Right. But really that's, that's a six or seven year period of her life after leaving Ike where she is struggling. She's playing cabaret, the kind of cabaret circuit in America, going to Europe to try and do some shows and make money, you know, doing anything she can really to survive. And that was a fascinating period of time for us. Um, to explore because the other thing that unfortunately, you know, we just didn't have time and in the way the film was structured, you know, the other thing is that Ike was still terrorizing her in that moment. I mean, there's a, we found these newspaper articles where talking about Tina Turner arrested with a gun. She was carrying a pistol to protect herself. Um, You know, and the, you know, and that's alluded to in what's love got to do with it. And, um, and on the stage musical, but there was just, it was a very fascinating period of time um, that for reasons you might expect, there isn't as much archive there. So it was hard to kind of um, really lean into that, I think, in the way that we wanted to, but yeah, there's, I mean, there's just so much, so much stuff. And we had, I'll say though, there were like things, um, you know, that we were just like, well, this doesn't exist anymore. You know, we've heard it doesn't exist anymore. Right. And then we would, find it like one thing in particular is um ready steady go uh which was a, a british kind of uh team pop show right or music not pop always but you know bands would come on and play and um that whole archive has been lost or destroyed and um and that was something we really you know we'd seen a couple of pictures and we're like oh this is so cool and then long in the process Rhonda graham who is a, comp- a friend and confidant of tina's for years said to us after she had given us a lot of other archive was like, Oh, I just stumbled upon these super eight reels of me filming them doing Ready, Steady, Go. And we're like, what, how did you, and you know, we became clear. She didn't just stumble upon them. She finally kind of trusted us enough to, to put them in. But, um, but yeah, there was, I mean, it, we could go on and on about uh, uh, some of the amazing archive that is out there. Yeah, because this does lead me up quite nicely to my Irish question, um, because when I seen that Beyond the Thunderdome got specific mention, I was like, oh, here it comes. Working with Bono, (laughs) working with Pierce Brosnan on GoldenEye, and then it was never mentioned. I was like, oh, no, (laughs) Ireland. (laughs) Um, You know, we we obviously have a a very strong uh, place in our heart for that particular Bond song. Was there a particular reason why maybe that's, topic was just kind of left aside yeah no I, the you know as dan mentioned i mean to really do tina's full to do the full scale and scope of her story justice you need you know need to be like a 10-part series it's yeah 
you know, so much of it, once we kind of settled on the POV, a lot of it was about honoring that, that, that particular trajectory. Um, you know, I, I think we fell in love with, I mean, I wanted to at least figure out a way to get, you know, we don't need another hero in there. And it just, it didn't service the narrative. We tried to stick to, you know, there's one way of looking at this and being like, here's the music catalog and how do we service the music catalog? We definitely, and that would feel way too daunting. So for us, it was once we chose the POV, it was, a that's how we decided to, to cast it, right? You don't see, uh, you know, Mick Jagger is not in it. It's not populated with A-list celebrities talking about our artistry of Florence. It's populated by people who have, as we call them scribes, people who have either written about her, who embodied her story in some way, shape or form, you know. You know, Kurt Loder, Carl Arrington, uh, Angela Bassett, um, and and once we kind of like carved out our space in the lane and, and and the POV of the film, it was really just a matter of trying to continue to su- to, to support that. And and look, hopefully one day we teed up a film for someone to make that it's literally about like the artistry, the performance, or influence in the music space. And 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 um, we'll be able to satisfy a little bit more of the hits, especially in the second part of her of her career. You know? uh, not like listen, I, I totally I, I knew obviously that you know time is finite, but uh, that was coming entirely from a biased point of view. So <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not. Uh, um, it, it, yeah, the 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 guests that you had on, or the the other interviewees that you had on the documentary, it they, but I, I guess because they did there was a smaller amount of talking heads it, they, each, each one of them hit home much more powerfully um, it wasn't just because you do sometimes see music documentaries where uh, it's it's the legacy and it's the impact that they had on artists to come decades later and it actually was funny watching some of Tina's earlier stuff I was like oh my god that's just Beyonce it's like it just felt smacked so much of Beyonce as performance but I have to single out Oprah because as my friend put it, the only person who could probably interview Oprah properly is Oprah. (laughs) She's like God's tier interviewer. So is that a daunting process knowing you're interviewing what many people believe to be the world's best interviewer? Well, TJ, you want to dish on that? You were the one uh, doing that interview. Uh, Yeah. I don't, you know, well, I mean, when you position it like that, yeah, it's, it's, it's daunting, but I, you know, I, I think, but in that same token, right? Like Dan, I interviewed Oprah, but Dan interviewed Tina fucking Turner. <laughs> <laughs> so like we, I think for us, it's once we, once we settle in on, um, you know, that we have this job, we have to do all that stuff kind of goes to the, to the wayside. And, and, um, you know, if you have a moment, uh, and there's always a moment where you slip up in, in an interview and you're like, oh, my God, that's Oprah in front of me. And you totally lose track of where you're going. Um, but we try to limit those as much as possible um, because we're usually more preoccupied by the stress of actually making a decent movie. <laughs> I, I think, too, it's worth noting. I mean, like the you know, our interview with Oprah was was fine. She was very lovely. But the but it was you know, she was kind of like, what are you guys getting at? Like there was, it was illustrative of the fact that I think everyone had a conception of what this should be. Right. And it is the like, Oh, let's just talk about. And we were, we had a hard time um, 
kind of getting people to understand our point of view and what we were doing. And I think it's only until the film, I mean, even, you know, I think Tina and her husband, Erwin, we were very straightforward with them of our, like, what we wanted to do. And I think they kind of understood, but even Erwin said until he watched it, he was like, oh, okay, I get what you're doing. And I think it was similar for Tina too. I think, honestly, I think Oprah sat down and was like, okay, let's, you know, you got 15 minutes. Let's talk about like why she's great and like blah, blah, blah. And we're, we're asking Oprah to kind of break down media and like, why does media ask certain questions? She's like, what is this? Um, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, that w does represent uh, or uh, illustrate kind of part of the challenge we had in making the film. Well, would you have any advice to any uh, potential documentarians or like even interviewers um, on how on how you kind of manage to separate that, like separate yourself from mm. the the topic, like because you've 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 worked in like some very powerful documentaries before with Undefeated in LA ninety two, and this is like it's not that this isn't powerful, but it is. It's more of a well-known everyone would kind of have an opinion on it already uh, especially with tina turner especially with oprah and angela bassett like is it difficult to mentally separate the work from an opinion you might have already had yeah well no i mean i think that's kind of just our job in general i mean when it comes to interviewing the weird thing about like i don't even know if tj and i are good interviewers or not but like, we <laughs> We, uh, I can tell you, you're great interviewees. So. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, like, you know, for a documentary, you're not, there's a lot of focus on interviewing in documentaries, right? But really what, I mean, at least for us, what we're doing, we're trying to create like films and cinema, right? We're not, and, and we need the tools to be able to do that. So there, we are coming into an interview with almost two objectives. We need, yeah. we need the tools to be able to make the film and, you know, whereas opposed to like uh, an interview like this or something else, like right, it's going to run in long time, and you're and that's a different art to try and get somebody into conversation. Whereas like somebody's answering our question, and in our heads we're editing that, like, oh man, I need actually we need this, we need that. So it's it's a very different thing, and and I think it sometimes gets confused um, where people are like, oh, that a really great a great interviewer doesn't necessarily make a great documentary filmmaker. I guess is what. I I'm getting that. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, no, I agree. It's, it's, it feels like we're doing two things. One is to your point, we're getting the tools we need. And, uh, you know, in a weird way that sounds like we're, because we do kind of the opposite that a lot of, at least that I've seen that uh, like more traditional doc filmmakers, like if you don't get the answer you want, you kind of repeat the question you repeat, and you kind of have them formulate it. We don't really, <laughs> we don't really do that at all. But at the same time, we're also, we're, we are trying to get the thing that we probably harp on too much of is the subtext. You know, so we always end up actually when, so it made me think of this is when you said this, this idea of like, how do you separate your ideas? We don't separate our ideas. We just, we, we use our ideas and we couch them inside the question. So at least it's not leading, but this is what we want to talk about. And we try to create it because it's a space where it's just more conversational. Um, so you get people kind of hopefully getting inside the cabins of the caverns of their own minds and coming up with things that they maybe not even thought about, but that's all just because Dan and I spent a week or a month or a year thinking about it just to tee it up for them to kind of say like, well, let's get your thoughts on this. And then that's what ends up driving the film is this combination of 
cinematic tools, but also like this, hopefully this rich subtext that everyone's kind of collectively inside of, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, not to go long winded on this, but, but, you know, the, it was a challenge in interviewing Tina was that she is so, I mean, 60 years of being primed to be like, I give this answer and I give this answer and to try to like get her to a space of like, yeah, yeah, no, I don't want the, we, we can find that in archive. We can find you telling that story, you know, a hundred times, like, but what do you think about it? How do you feel about it? And I, it, look, if you watch that raw interview with Tina, I probably am failing like three quarters of the time, but you know, it was about trying to just get those little moments. Like for instance, in the film, when she says, um, you know, how do you bow out slowly, just go away. I mean, that comes out of, out of really near the beginning of the interview and we're just getting ready. We weren't filming yet. And, um, and I said, how are you feeling? And she said, and just in general, like, how are you feeling today? And she's like, not good. I don't really want to do this. And we're like, Oh, you mean the, what, what do you mean? You don't want to do this. And she's like, no, not the film, you know, but the, she's just, I don't like doing this. And I was like, all right, well, let's, let's just start there. Why don't you like doing this? And that's kind of opened up this conversation where, and you know, again, she would sometimes then go back into, I'm going to be Tina Turner, but it'd be like, okay, no, let's get back to that part where we were talking about why you don't like this. Um, so anyways, that's, um, we could geek out about this stuff and process uh, <laughs> forever. No, like I, I really appreciate um, the time that you've taken to answer that question. Cause I, I do feel it is important because I mm. for as many, for as much as I really enjoyed Tina, like I've seen just recently a number of documentaries where I'm like, oh God, where, where they do, like you said, tailor the questions to get a specific answer. Uh, so I do appreciate that you've come at this with the kind of, right, we've got our block of marble. It is time to <laughs> chip away and see what's <laughs> under there. Um, so, yeah, like, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Um, yeah. Absolutely love the movie. Can't wait to see what you do next. And best of luck going forward. Awesome. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Well, Marie, uh, I'm sorry to say I'm oh. disappointed that you didn't ask them my song question um well I, I, I think i think the interview went really well listening back there oh, it I, did. I feel like a real proud mary <laughs> okay we're gonna wrap it up there okay. okay i'm i'm allowed to do the crap jokes you're I, not allowed I knew to, not to sing it <laughs> um go on give us a wee blast how much a few bars can i do go the on. dance instead you do that. So as I thank everybody, Rory is going to dance us out. Rory, thank you as ever, both for your uh, your wonderful interview, your contribution and your amazing dance skills. Okay, you ready? I'm going to dance us <laughs> no, out. No, no, no. I'm still thanking people, please, <laughs> before you regale us with your moves. Uh, thank you to Sound Paul on Sound as well. And thank you to everybody else who's listening. And I know I did sing that Rory was uh, simply the best at the <laughs> beginning, but obviously it's everybody who listens and subscribes to the show. You guys are simply the best. Rory. Take it away. Okay. <laughs>